Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this installment of the Steel Conversation on Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports. Uh, my name is Brian Giardo. I have a pleasure uh, to have on the show today Mr. Jeff Hartman, who's the senior editor, uh, the managing editor for Behind the Steel Curtain on SB Nation. Uh, follow their website, along with our website, in my opinion, they're the two best Steelers sites out there. So follow Behind the Steel Curtain and follow our website, pit.247sports.com. Again, that's pit.247sports.com. Uh, Jeff has manned that position for the last several years. Uh, I know, Jeff, you, you follow the Steelers as close as anybody over the over the past uh, a couple of seasons, um, and I'm sure you know uh, a lot of what Steelers fans want to know, which is what do the Steelers need to do uh, going forward here in the 2016 offseason. They had a, a very strong 2015 season, made the playoffs, got their first playoff win in five years, uh, fell short to the eventual uh, Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, uh, albeit the Steelers were shorthanded in that game. And now here we are. Every team now uh, is done playing football, and, and the Steelers offseason has been going on for a few weeks. They've already done a couple of things. And I think the first order of business that we should discuss, Jeff, is the Steelers intending – uh, free agents that they have uh, that will be on the market uh, on March 9th uh, as it is now. There's un- there's 19 unrestricted free agents for the black and gold. Uh, Jeff, when you look at the, the list of the Steelers free agents, what do you think should be done? Who do you think they should keep? Who do you think they should just say goodbye to and let them test the market? Uh, well, I mean, first, thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate the offer to be on your show. It's the uh, first time that it is. It's going to be good. Um, I think that um, when you talk about free agency, you have to look at a couple different variables. You have to look at, you know, the market value for the specific player. You have to look at uh, what they might have coming back um, in terms of depth. Um, and then, obviously, their performance in, of this year and necessity is obviously going to play into this as well. There are certain players I think are going to be given the, the green light to go ahead and test free agency. And this is just my layman's perspective. By no way, shape, or form do I have insider information. But I think Brandon Boykin is probably going to be testing free agent waters. Um, I think that William Gay is going to – they're going to really try hard to keep him um, because he was the, the, the most sturdy of the, I guess you would call it, the very poorest Steelers secondary this year. Um, and then I think that Antoine Blake might – I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I think Antoine Blake's coming back. I think it's going to drive fans absolutely bonkers, but at the same time, he's a special team. He, he's a special teams player. He's very good at that, mm-hmm. by the way, and he could be good depth. I don't think they want him back as a starter. I don't think they want him back in the role that he played in 2015. But if they can get mm-hmm. him as someone that is experienced, that knows the system, that could be that fourth or fifth guy, I think that's a role that they're certainly okay with. They already got Ross Cockrell back, um, but I think Brandon Boykin's going to be given the chance. To um to go ahead and and, and ch- test free agent waters, I think that he's gonna just he's gonna cost too much money. William Gay, they could probably get it at hometown discount. Um, I think cornerback is where everyone's talking, you know. I mean, but safety, there's some there's some free agents in, in that aspect. Will Allen and, and Robert Golden, they're both uh, free agents, and after that, you're looking at Jamarco Thomas and Mike Mitchell's the only experienced safeties on the roster. So, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on those two positions in terms of free agency? I'm right there with what you're saying. You know, I've said all year long that 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 really Blake should be more commended for playing uh, with that that thumb and hand injury that he he suffered. I think it was back in week six against Arizona, and it was one of those situations where he could have just said, "Hey, you know, listen, this is a contract year. I don't want to look bad out here. 
not being able to guard someone to the best of my ability, not being able to tackle. I'm going to sit out. But he didn't. He manned up and he played, albeit, uh, you know, whether it was his hand or whatever, he, he greatly struggled down the stretch. He made some interceptions. He had, I'm sure, you know, you know the ones he had against San Diego, uh, against Cincinnati in week eight that, that should have helped us win that game. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter was, you know, I don't know who Steeler fans thought was going to come out of the woodwork. You know, it, pretty much with, with Cortez Allen being hurt, Sinquez Golson being hurt, uh, the team not feeling confident uh, in Boykin's ability to, to guard the, in the slot, he was the only guy we could play. So I agree with you. The Steelers should bring him back, especially if they can get him for a cheap deal, which I'm sure they, they will. I don't, I don't think anybody is sitting out there frothing his mouth with the prospect of picking up Antoine Blake. And, and again, like you said, he offers uh, intangibles beyond uh, coverage. He's a special teams maven uh, as a gunner. He, um, you know, he is a big hitter. I'm, I, I remember uh, that San Francisco game where he, he laid that shot on Vernon Davis, and to me, kind of set the tempo for the Steelers' defense, where they were taking shots, as you know, all preseason and all through that first week when when they couldn't cover Gronk. That to me was the first message that this defense has bite to it. So I, I agree with you with that. Um, with Boykin, man, he was. Such a, a curious case this season, you know. I know he had a little bit of injury issues, and in, you know, in September, um, but just just really never saw the field until late in the season. Um, you know, I think you're right. I think the Steelers are better off just kind of cutting their loss with him. I think with Blake, they've already invested several years into him. He knows the system. They trust him. Um, I don't think Boykin is bad. And if you actually looked at the two together, Boykin is probably might be a better cover man. But I just think. There's nothing else to bring to the table. He, I don't think he endeared himself with the team. Again, this is, like you said, I, I, this isn't insider information. This is just my, from my vantage point. Um, and I think Gay, from a leadership standpoint, should come back. Um, and the fact that he can still play. You know, he's, uh, you know he had that interception against the Bengals, and, and he, you know, he, he's just a big play guy. And I think he's gotten better, I think, at 31 years old. Uh, you know, he's still – you know, has enough vitality in youth, he can still be good for another year or two. Um, my thing is, and I don't know, I mean, do you think we should keep or part with Golden? He played well when Will Allen was injured. Um, I think the only guy we should get rid of out of this group um, that I would say with conviction would be Boykin. I'm on the fence with Allen. I think Allen is still really good. Obviously, he started uh, pretty much the whole season except when he was hurt. But the fact that he's going to be 34 years old, the fact that he has been hurt, um, makes me think that we could promote Golden the starter. Um, what are your thoughts with free safety? I think we both agree with, with, with cornerback that we should keep Blake, get rid of Boykin, and keep Gay. And uh, but, but, you know, when you look at the safeties, what would you do in that department? Well, your safety's tough. I think when you look at Golden, you know, he played well, and he actually was able to put some, mm-hmm. some tape out there of him at safety, which was the first time in his career and you're talking about a captain on the team, although he's a special teams captain, but he's a captain on the football team, so that shows his leadership capabilities in the locker room. But also I think you look at uh, Will Allen as the, the experienced veteran that always took over when when he was healthy. Um, I think that the Steelers are going to try to address safety via free agency, very similar to the way they did with Mike Mitchell when Ryan Clark left for Washington and they filled that void by uh, signing him from the Carolina Panthers. But, again, it all depends on the player. You know, the people that are suggesting the Steelers should should try to sign Eric Berry, um, you're nuts. They just can't afford it. Uh, Eric Berry is right. himself a very lucrative contract, whether that's with the Kansas City Chiefs or elsewhere, but it's not going to be with the Steelers. 
Um, and in the same aspect, people are throwing around the name like Eric Weddle. Maybe yep. Eric Weddle would have to take a discount, and he'd have to say, "Look, I, I'm I'm trying to win a ring, and I think the Steelers are going to be my best shot, and I'll take I'll give you guys a little bit of a discount to win one." So that's what's going to have to happen, and not all the, not every player is willing to do that, and so I think that's what would have to happen. I, I can see them signing um, kind of like a second tier safety. If they do that in free agency, I think that it's safe bet that Will Allen's gone. If it were up to me, I would try to address safety via free agency, especially someone that could be played both free and strong safety, someone that's very versatile, and then try to keep Robert Golden on the roster. I think they're also going to address safety in the draft. But people often aren't forgetting, and I was an article about this on our website a few weeks ago, that Doran Grant is being talked about as possibly transitioning from the cornerback role to the safety role. Um, he has a perfect mentor to do that in Carnell Lake, as Carnell Lake did that, as you know, back when he played with the mm-hmm. team in the 90s. And um, that was something that was talked about the day he was drafted by Carnell Lake. And when it was Mike Tomlin was asked about that in the season-ending press conference, he said that it is a possibility. So you have a young guy, Doran Grant, that might be able to help fill that role in-house without having to make a, a free agent acquisition. The one thing I always say about free agency with the Steelers is that I trust them. Um, a lot of people get really enamored with the lack of movement with the lack of why aren't they making signings, why aren't they doing this, that, and the other. And I look at it and say, you know what? They they typically make the right move. So in, in terms of safety, I would say Will Allen's probably gone. Uh, whether he gets picked up by another team, I don't know. He, he's getting out there in age, as you mentioned. I look for them to try to bring in a free agent, and I also look for them to try to sign um, to get to get a, a safety in the draft, whether that's someone like Darian Thompson from Boise State, who I personally love, think would be a great fit for the team, um, is yet to be seen, but that's that's my uh, kind of, I guess you would say, uh, prediction for that position. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Robert Golden should stay. Just like you say, again, like like Brandon Boykin, he provides you more than just stability. Uh, you know, in the defensive backfield, he he's also like you said, the special teams captain. Um, maybe just not bring him back in the same capacity. Um, I, I would like us to draft uh, another safety, um, and then. You know, early in the draft, whether it's our first or second pick, I'm sure everybody's going to say go corner with the first pick. So then if you go safety, second or third pick, and you you let him, you groom him behind Will Allen, and then whenever he can supplant Will Allen, you, you bring him in. I mean, I think the one thing with safety, and I know you know this, is that you look at Mike, Mike, Mike Mitchell in 2014 and 2015, it's a world of difference. Mitchell looked like a puzzle that just didn't – a piece of the puzzle that just never fit in 2014. Last year he was way more in his own skin. He really meshed with Will Allen at, at strong safety. My only concern with, with meshing with the chemistry too much in the secondary is that the secondary is a, a, a you know a unit that really, uh, you know, their success is built on chemistry. Um, that being said, I don't really want the team to mess with a couple, you know, too many of the pieces. Um that's hard to say when they were 30th in the league in pass coverage. So, you know, for me to say, and for you to say, hey, you know, they need to keep most of the pieces in, in place. Some people might think we're crazy, but really when, when you look at where the team was in the preseason, where they were in 2014, I know they were 30th in pass, pass defense. But I don't know if you agree with what I'm about to say or not, but they really weren't as bad as the stats show. I mean, they were sixth in, in interceptions. They were one of the best, you know, red zone units uh, in the league. And, you know, they were part of a defense that, uh, was 11th in, in points, you know, allowed. You know, they allowed 19.9 a game, which, heck, with the offense we have, I'll take 19.9 a game. It's not top five, not top ten, but still, that's enough where they should win games. Um, so I think we're both in agreement there that even though it might sound crazy, 
we don't think the Steelers' secondary should change too much uh, heading into 2016. Yeah, no, I mean, you definitely saw the defense starting to improve, and it, it what kind of boggled my mind throughout the entire process was the major issues were communication. Um, and that went all the way to the very last game. Uh, you think about that third and 12th creation right. by Peyton Manning in the AFC Divisional game. What did Brandon Boykin say? He was late getting the call. He was late on his break. Mm-hmm. They complete that pass. If they don't complete that pass, the outcome of the game could be completely different. Now, that's all obviously hindsight being twenty twenty. But it, at the same time, I think you look at it and say, they've got to get guys in there, and they've got to find a group that can mesh together. And so when you, you, you mention, like, we don't want to change too many pieces, if it were up to us, um, I think that has a large that's a large piece of the puzzle. Um, you keep adding all these new names, but you never have that continuity. Go back to the, the late 2000s or even back in the early 2000s, you had those core players that were always there. They knew each other's tendencies. They knew how to communicate well with one another. I think that was what, that's what the Steelers are looking to get back to, and I think that's why it's important that they can keep, keep some of these pieces of the puzzle together whether that's Will Allen on a one-year veteran minimum deal, if he would, would be willing to sign it, then so be it. I think that's going to, that's going to be important for this team. And, and if they keep trending in this direction, then I think that they could be a decent defense next year. Could they be a top-ten unit? I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. If they're 15th, it's a heck of a lot better than where they finished in 2015. And it's been proven that you can win with a uh, like a, a, a top-half uh, defense in the NFL. So I think ultimately – and probably what we're going to talk about eventually, maybe even next, is the secondary is only as good as the pass rush. If you can get to the quarterback, it makes your secondary look a whole lot better, and that's probably just as important as anything else. You're exactly right, yeah. And and I think that's something the Steelers have definitely got better at. That's a, that's a credit to who they've drafted. That's a credit to um, to Joey Porter, Jerry Olsowski, and the Steelers' defensive line. You know, it's kind of a whole, whole group there in the front seven. I mean, when you can get – you know, almost seven sacks with Stephon Tewitt. You can get seven with Cameron Haywood. That's almost 14 sacks between your defensive line. Um, it stinks. I, st- I still think the Steelers are one starting defensive lineman away from <clears throat> really being a dominant front seven. Uh, LT uh, Walton was just a bust so far. You know, it, it was only his first season. But, again, from an outsider's vantage point, it, it didn't look like his attitude was very good. Um, you know, so I, I still think that we, we have to fill a hole there. Um but you look at, you know, Jarvis Jones, he didn't have a lot of sacks, but he constantly put pressure on the quarterback. Ditto, uh, Bud Dupree, you know, those whole – and obviously James Harrison. Hopefully he can come back. Um, I know – I just saw an article on your website um, that Kevin Green has uh, kind of talked about, you know, playing that late in your career and the decisions that he's going to have to make. Um, but you're right. I mean, a lot of secondary success is predicated on how much the front seven in front of them can put pressure on the quarterback. So – uh, let's shift gears, uh, Jeff. Let's talk a little bit about um, the Steelers' offense. Um, you look at, you know, some of the free agents that they're going to have on that, and I think that, you know, obviously, like receivers, they're set. You know, Darius Hayward Bay, I, I think is going to come back. I don't, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but you know, based on what he gives you, again, special teams, he's there, just like Blake and Golden. Um, he's only 29 years old, so he's not particularly an old player yet. Doesn't demand a lot of money, and was a nice option, fourth option for the Steelers last season. So I think he's going to come back. Um, I'd like your thoughts on him. And also the Steelers' offensive line, they have four free agents, but three big ones, big names, Kelvin Beecher, Ramon Foster, Doug Ligurski. How do you think that situation is going to play itself out? 
Huh. Well, in my opinion, with the wide receivers, and I've had a lot of people on um, on my website talk about how they should try to re-sign Darius Hayward Bay. He is the veteran leader in the wide receiver room, and he has filled in nicely. But after watching Sammy Coates in the Denver game in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs, I asked myself, why would you want to bring Darius Hayward back? I mean, he's going to be a veteran that's going to require almost a million dollars at a minimum salary. And with a team that's mm-hmm. so tight to the salary cap as the Steelers, it's just not going to be financially smart to do so. Um, would it be great to bring him back? Well, yeah, it would be great to bring him back. But at the same time, I even look at the team's practice squad. Uh, last year you had players like Tyler Murphy, who unfortunately is now with the Dolphins organization, uh, Shaquem Phillips. They're capable. I mean, if they had to step in and play, I think that they could. Um, and I think that the Steelers need to rely on their youth at that position and part ways with Darius Hayward Bay. If he can't sign anywhere and he wants to take a, a, a minimum deal with the Steelers to stay, then they'll talk. But otherwise, I don't think there's any need for them to sign him in the early stages of free agency, see how things pan out before you actually make him an offer. Um, the wide receiver position, like you said, they're set. Um, I think that the offensive line does kind of concern me a little bit. Uh, not so much from a starting standpoint. I think that they need to re-sign uh, Ramon Foster personally. Um, I think that they can let Calvin Beecham walk. Calvin Beecham has openly stated that he feels that he is a, a left tackle. He deserves left tackle money. And when you look at the amount of money this guy has made in his first contract and his first four years in the league, it is kind of it's kind of sad because he was a seventh round draft pick. He was making well under any. I mean. There were players that never saw the field that made twice as much money as he did. He was a starting left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so with that, I think that he's going to look elsewhere and he'll probably find a lucrative contract somewhere for him and and good for him because he deserves it. He's a heck of a nice guy. He's a great guy to work with. We've dealt with him before on our website. And I think that it's it's, it's ultimately you can only – you want to bring one of those two pieces back because let's let's be honest, if you're going to re-sign Ramon Foster – and at least you're keeping the interior of their offensive line intact for 2016. Marquise County should be back. David DeCastro will obviously be back on his fifth-year option. And then you have on the, on the left side of the Ramon Foster, now left tackle. I A lot of people had mixed emotions about Alejandro Villanueva. I thought he played well. He improved a lot throughout his time on the field, which is a good thing. We've seen players do the opposite. When they get out there, it seems like they – constantly revert back to bad habits. I think of Chris Scott as one of those two players. Um, but still, Villanueva is proven. Now, what's scary, though, is death. And this is an article I wrote about, which uh, from Mark Caboli of the Tribune Review found out this very tiny, minute detail that mentioned that Mike Adams, because he spent it all 2015 on the pup list, is not going to be a free agent next year. So if they can get Mike Adams healthy and back to where he was in 2014, which was a capable swing tackle backup, I like their offensive line if they can bring back Foster going in the next year because he is experienced. He could play left and right tackle. Gilbert is solid on the right side, and Villanueva could fill in uh, admirably on the left. And if you keep Foster as, as a left guard, I, I really like that offensive line moving forward. It's funny. It's funny. I like every single thing you said, but I had a different um, prediction. It's, it's, it's funny because, again, I agree with what you said, but this is – but this is why we have this conversation because no one's necessarily wrong if you just get different perspectives. I, I, my prediction was I have uh, obviously Pouncey reclaiming his position as starting center. I have uh, uh, Cody Wallace, you know, going back to a backup position. I have the Steelers parting with Doug Ligurski, 
Um, and I have Foster, the Steelers, parting with him as well. Mostly when I just look at Foster and Beecham, I know Beecham will <clears throat> obviously command more money, but you just look at the age. Foster's 30, Beecham's 26, and the positions they play. Beecham can still be Big Ben's starting left tackle the rest of his career. He's going to cost more money. I think that would be the biggest reason why is you think they might not part. They, they might part with him. But I just think when you have that kind of <clears throat> potential continuity where you can say, okay, we've got Big Ben's starting left tackle. He's established, I think he was, what, 88th in some player ranking last year. I don't know if it was NFL.com, but I know one of them he was 88. So this is a guy that, you know, has not been an all-pro, but not been a pro board. But I, I think anybody could argue that, that Beecham went healthy and, and 13 and 14 was more than a serviceable starting left tackle. He was, I think anybody would agree was a quality starting left tackle. So I think we'll re-sign him. He'll uh, reclaim his spot at left tackle. Pouncey will go back to center. We'll get rid of Foster, Ligurski, Wallace goes back um, as our top backup, along with Mike Adams. And I think Villanueva, based on what he did last year, um, will take over Foster's old position. And I think that's going to be your offensive line. I think all the Steelers love Villanueva. I'm sure you know, you know, Big Ben didn't have enough nice things to say about him. Um, I don't think, though, I don't know if I'd feel great if he was our starting left tackle last year, or next year, rather. I mean, he played very well this past season, especially you know, he had his woes early against Kansas City and whatnot, but, but he got much better, as we both think and know. And I don't know, but just for me, when I just think of, of continuity on the O-line and when I think of, of what we could be and what we were in 2014, I want Beecham back. Um, it just stinks because he's, he's going to cost premium dollar, and that kind of brings me to my next point is this whole thing with um, – Antonio Brown. Brown is not, obviously, a free agent. He's got two more years left. But you do have his contract. And, and I think that, you know, it's funny because if we let Foster walk, we let Ligurski walk, um, if the Steelers do that, um, you just think, okay, well, there's extra money. My thinking is they're going to give Antonio Brown that money, just like they did last year when they had Heath Miller and Sean Sweesom redo their deals to give Antonio Brown more money because the Steelers will not give, as they've said, they will not give Antonio Brown a new deal until his new deal is over, or maybe there's one year left. Maybe he's got one more year. How do you think this is all going to play out? That's what I think. I just think the Steelers are going to continue to just throw, you know, some money his way to make him happier, but they're not going to offer him a new deal uh, until next year. Well, if you look at the numbers and you look at the salary cap hit that he's going to have on the team, they would be smarter to give him a new deal rather than doing what you talked about in signing bonuses and throwing him more money and deferring money around in his current contract. Um, they would be smart to have him give him a new contract um, where they can make it a cap-friendly deal, where they can backload a lot of his salary, give him a healthy signing bonus so that he's happy, make him one of the top-tier wide receivers in the league, but also – save on their current salary cap situation. I think it's natural that you're going to see players possibly, uh, Lawrence Timmon definitely will have to take, will have to restructure his deal. If not, he could be a cap casualty this year. Um, Heath Miller will probably restructure. Ben Roethlisberger could probably restructure as well to help save the team some cap space. And I think that the team wants to go beyond Antonio Brown in terms of signing players. I think Le'Veon Bell, um, he's going to be entering his contract year. Yeah. Uh, the president, he said that he wanted to make sure that an early contract for him would not be out of the question. 
And let's be honest, I mean, Antonio Brown's going to – he's going to get top dollar. You don't want him even sniffing free agency. And Le'Veon Bell, the cost for him might never be lower coming off of two straight knee injuries. The team is very committed to him as the future at running back, as it should be. This might be the time to get a deal done with him. But then you also have players like David DeCastro that you have to get done. So they've got to really be smart with how they spend their dollars. And that's why when we talk about these free agents, if any of these free agents, Robert Golden, William Gay – a number of these guys, if they're going to cost too much money, see ya. I'm sorry, we, they can't afford it. And it, it, Unless you're an integral part of this team, Ramon Foster, Kevin Beecham even, they'll find someone else. And, and if you look at Mike Munchak on the offensive line, these coaches have been good. They've been able to get players ready. So Antonio Brown, if I'm going to look in my crystal ball, I think that he gets a new contract, which, which helps the Steelers in terms of their salary cap number. I think that Le'Veon Bell will get a new contract. It'll keep him in the Steelers with the Steelers for at least another four to five years, and then also I think that you look at uh, David DeCastro also possibly getting himself a new contract because he is a Pro Bowler. He's entering his, his fifth-year option as a first-round draft pick. Just my prediction, but there's a lot of salary cap numbers that are that are going to be influenced by this stuff. Uh, Jeff Hartman, Brian Diardo on, on the Steel conversation. Under five minutes left on the show, and. It's amazing. I mean, really, when, you, when and this is why when you're saying all this, I'm thinking, well, it, it does make sense to like go at Darius Hayward Bay. That's a million dollars on the table. And, again, as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, it actually might make more sense to just let Beecham walk because he is going to cost a lot of money, and the Steelers have other options. I mean, maybe Villanueva right now isn't as good as, as Beecham. And Villanueva is just, I think, a shade older, or they're about the same age. So maybe you do go that route, where Villanueva is not going to cost you as much money. So – I, you're right. I think a lot of times when, and I'm as guilt, I'm guilty of it too. Um, when you look at the team and you say, "How can you let these guys go?" or whatnot, there's so many things that go into it. And the bottom line is, you know, you know, how are you going to spend your money? And you have to spend it the best way you you think possible. And that's the biggest thing right now. Uh, that's on uh, Kevin Colbert's plate. This is entirely off topic, and I want to get your opinion on your draft real quick. But this is something that I think looking into next year. When you talked, to, you, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, and it, it hit me. Um, what do you think about next year and the workload that he should share with D'Angelo? It bothered me last year when, as soon as Le'Veon came in, it was pretty much like the end of D'Angelo. I think the Steelers uh, will be much more well-suited next year to deal with more of a, of a two-back dynamic where Le'Veon still maybe gets, say, 70% of the carries, but D'Angelo totally isn't phased out. I think that can prolong Le'Veon's career, and I think D'Angelo proved last year his worth, and he's way more valuable than just a backup whenever Le'Veon's hurt. What's your two cents on that? Yeah, I think that if the Steelers are smart, I think that they actually go into next season and they have a, a, a different and really unique look with their running back situation. If Le'Veon Bell is healthy and D'Angelo Williams is also healthy, I think that you would be smart to see Le'Veon Bell almost taking a wide receiver role and being in the slot, two back sets where they're on the yeah. field at the same time more because not only are you going to give the defense a headache in terms of, okay, well, who's going to have the ball? D'Angelo, uh, we know Le'Veon Bell's route-running skills are almost as good as a wide receiver. I, that's what I would personally do. Um, I think that that would be smart. The, the team would be very wise to, to look in that avenue in terms of how to utilize both of these backs without kind of missing one over the other. Um, in, in terms of carries, Le'Veon Bell's going to get the brunt of the carries, but they should use D'Angelo Williams. He proved himself time and time again in 2015. They would be stupid not to. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like like you said, I, I think that, you know, the way they complement each other, it makes sense. 
you know, and, and, and they have the same running styles. It's not like with Garrett Blount where he ran the ball totally different than Le'Veon, where, where the offensive line had to adjust and your play calls had to adjust. I mean, I know Le'Veon's a little bit more patient. D'Angelo's just kind of get the ball and go. But in large, they're the, kind of the same running back. Even, I mean, no one talked about how well D'Angelo caught the ball. He had 40 receptions. I know it's not the 80-plus that Le'Veon can do, but most running backs, if you say, hey, this guy is going to start 10 games and average four catches to start, I mean, he had, eight, I think, seven catches alone against Seattle. So he did his best job imitating Le'Veon Bell, and I think he definitely warrants more playing time next year. Well, this is probably the last question we have time for, Deb. If you can draft one player, the Steelers can draft one player next year, and they say, Jeff Hartman, you make the call. Who are you drafting with the Steelers' first pick? Uh, man, we don't have enough time to do that. I mean, I guess you have to pick a position. <laughs> Um, but if, if I'm going to pick anybody um, that I think can come in and play as a rookie and play well, I think it's going to be the safety, uh, Darian Thompson, out of Boise State. Uh, the more and more film I watch of this guy, he plays fast, he plays hard, he's very instinctive. He will make mistakes, as rookies do. Um, but he's a guy that you can put at the safety position and he can make plays. It's, it's not as a complex game back in the back half as it is, say, for an edge rusher. And in terms of edge rushers, I don't think there'll be anyone available that they would want to go for uh, in the first round. And same with cornerbacks. So that's who I'd take. I would take uh, Darian Thompson from Boise State at the safety position. This is a terribly homer decision. I'm going to go with Eli Apple of Ohio State. A, he's a Buckeye. That's where I'm from. And B, he's a Buckeye. That's where I'm from. And the Steelers <laughs> have had success with uh, you know Buckeyes in the past. Maybe Mike Adams didn't work out quite as well, but Eli Apple's played in big games. He, he's shown that bravado. He can play at, at those kind of stages, and I think he could start and play right away. Plus, as everybody knows, we could use help at cornerback. So, uh, once again, for Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, this is Brian Giardo signing off. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. And as always, it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.